Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Hi, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay, your host for the day. The editors are taking over, and we have some very fun things to share with you. To start with, I'm going to share our reader tips about storage with you. So January is always the time of year where we're thinking about getting organized, the best solutions to organize our, not only our like works in progress, our fabrics, but also our supplies. So we turned to our readers and asked them some of their best storage advice, and I'm here to share a few of them with you. So hopefully you'll feel inspired by these. This first reader tip comes from Teresa from Midland, Michigan. She says, after finishing a quilt, instead of adding the leftover fabric to my stash, I cut it into strips and store it in a strip box. When the box is full, it's time to make a quilt. The finished quilt is then donated to a local charity. I often benefit by not having a large stash that clutters my closet. That's a great tip, Teresa. We understand if you're not a person that likes to save all of your scraps, that putting it into a quilt that you make for charity not only clears out the space for you to just buy more fabric and, you know, not have that clutter around, but it's really benefiting those around you. So great tip. This next tip comes from Hope Martin from Florida. She says, clear zippered plastic bags used for packaging curtains and bedspreads make great containers for quilting projects. Each bag can hold a partially completed project with the pattern, fabrics, and other needed items. You can easily see what is in the bag and grab it for travel or guild meetings. This is a great tip if you are somebody that works on a lot of different projects at once because it's all combined into one little area. So when you're ready to work on it, you can just pull that bag out and have everything you need to work on that project. So Karina from San Fernando, California says, Measure each leftover batting piece and write the measurement, brand, and fiber content on a piece of notepaper. Pin the notepaper to the outside of the folded batting remnant. Then, when a project requires a smaller batting piece, you can quickly determine which of your leftover pieces will work best. This is so helpful because I am also a person that just stores all of her leftover batting in a big tub, and every time I have to make a quilt, I have to pull it out and lay it out and see if it's big enough for the project I'm using. So having that note on there that says, um, you know, what type and the size is will save me some time for sure. Denise Winters from Minnesota says, A wine rack is a good storage solution for rolled items, such as fusible web, freezer paper, an applique sheet, and batting. Everything stays organized and in its place. Well, I love this tip because, as you know, those types of things like freezer paper and fusible webs, those can be really hard to store those rolls without, like, distorting things. So sticking it in a wine rack is such an easy solution for them. Peggy from West Salem, Illinois says, To return a piece of fabric to a tightly packed fabric stack, I sandwich the folded fabric between two magazines that have glossy covers, slide the sandwich into the stack, and remove the magazines. What an easy tip! This is great if you are a person that is planning quilts and you're just pulling fabric from everywhere and then you want to get it back into the right spot so everything stays organized. Okay, this next tip is from Gail from Montrose, Pennsylvania. She says, 
If you run out of space to store presser feet in the accessory box that came with your sewing machine, go to the toy, toy, toy aisle and look for clear plastic boxes that store toy cars on both sides. The openings are just the right size for holding sewing machine feet or spools of thread, and the carrying handle makes the box easily portable. Because the boxes are see-through, it's easy to determine the context of the box at a glance. This is a great idea for storing all of those tiny pieces that come with your machine, especially because if you have multiple machines, you might easily get those parts and pieces confused, but this way it just sounds like they'll all have their own compartment, you can easily label everything and just grab and go um, when you are switching out your feet or, you know, other parts of your machine. Okay, this next tip is from Fran. She says, to keep track of smaller templates and specialty rulers, I use a large D-ring binder and zippered see-through pockets. Some templates and rulers come with directions and patterns, and those go into the pockets as well. This is just a really simple tip for keeping all of those little specialty rulers uh, organized, and you can just like flip through them. A lot of them have the punched holes in them, so you can put those in the binder and just have it all in one place. Uh, so I will be looking for those to go on sale once uh, school season, um, back to school season starts later in the year. Okay, so if you have your own great tip to share, whether it's storage related or not, we would love to know. We publish them in each issue of American Patchwork and Quilting and sometimes in Quilts and More. And we also have a whole section online uh, that we share some of our reader favorites. So here's how you can submit your own tip. You can email your tip with your name um, and your city. Uh, to apqtips at meredith.com and just type tips in the subject line and those come directly to me so that I can read your great tips and we can see if uh, we want to publish them and share your ideas with everyone. Okay, so next I am going to be sharing a little uh, story. So this is our Quilting Changes Everything section and we just love to share stories happening just around the country of quilting just affecting people's lives in a really positive way. So this story was originally reported by Jane Jeske, and it was a special to the San Angelo Standard Times. Gertrude Ashberger, a resident of Mile, Texas, was known for her quilts, which she made from squares and a variety of colors and fabrics. She estimated she had made nearly 1,000 in her lifetime and was still sewing until her death at the age of 95 in 2013. Before she died, she told her friend Laverne Redman that she would have to continue her quilt-making projects. Laverne said, I told her that I would never be able to do what she did. But Laverne never needed to question her abilities. Starting in 2014 and continuing up to this past holiday season, she has made 600 quilts, 200 of those just in 2018. And just like her dear friend Gertrude, she gives them away to various charities, such as the Salvation Army, women's shelters, and groups that help the homeless. She even sent 40 to Hurricane Harvey Relief last year. Laverne says, It just means so much to me to know my quilts keep someone warm. And I've seen the faces of people when they get a quilt, and how much they appreciate it, and it just warms my heart. Laverne's quilting is also a very personal journey for herself. Laverne's husband, Daniel, died a few months ago after 64 years of marriage. She saw a need for quilts at the nursing home where her husband was staying, and making them has been good therapy for her. Laverne also keeps 10 quilts at the church in case of a fire or local disaster, 
because she knows personally what it's like to go through a tragedy. In 1994, her house burned to the ground. Laverne says, The first thing brought to me was a quilt from the church ladies. I never forgot that. Redmond has turned a spare bedroom in her home into a storage room with tubs full of material and cabinets holding thread. She says, Every quilt has some kind of prayer in it. The good Lord has taken care of me so far, and as long as I'm healthy, I'll be making quilts. Gertrude would be so proud of the impact her friend is making in the community. We just love hearing stories like that. There's stories everywhere of quilters and just sewing, making such a big impact on the community and even individuals. So we love sharing those with you. We will be back after the commercial break. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Use paint to create a larger-than-life chalkboard wall in your sewing space. You can use it to keep track of current project information and shopping lists. Bonus, batting scraps work perfectly as erasers. Get six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes. You don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Hi, and welcome back to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I am here now with Joanna Bergerino, who is the editor of Quilts and More. Hi, Joanna. Hi, Lindsay. How's it going? Good. So, Joanna is going to be sharing this month's Try This at Home with us. Awesome. So, we have a really fun topic today. It's going to be something that I feel like quilters don't talk that much about, but it's definitely a thing, which is quilt guilt. (laughs) So, I don't know about you guys, but I've definitely had projects where I've found them abandoned in my closet, and it's like, am I ever going to finish this? What was I thinking? And there's really that feeling of... I don't know what to do with it because I've invested so much time and money into it, and I've I've lost the joy, though. So how do I get that back? Should I try to get that back? Um, So I'm going to start a little bit with asking you, Lindsay. Have you ever felt guilty for uh, ditching a project or ditching some of your fabric or your scraps? And um, what did you end up doing about it? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I will just say I feel no guilt about ever ditching scraps. I'm not a person that saves scraps. I don't like um, all the just the clutter that I feel comes around <laughs> with it. I'm a I'm a neat freak if that says anything about me. But um, so I just throw those away and have no trouble. 
Um, but I definitely do have guilt about quilts, but not specifically unfinished ones. I'm also mm-hmm. a person that finishes most of my quilts because that stresses me out to have everything laying around. But for ones that I have finished, um, so I am a person that powers through all of my quilts mm-hmm. because I don't like to have things unfinished. But there are quite a few I have now that I just, um, you know, my skill level has changed. My fabric choices have kind of evolved. And I have these older quilts now that I, they're shoved in a closet. I don't want them anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if anyone would want them. So I have them pile, starting to pile up and I, I have guilt about that they should be getting use. <laughs> yes. I find for me, I have a lot of things where I've inherited them from other quilters and it almost feels like I'm dishonoring them if I get rid of them. Things like fabrics that they thought I would enjoy or projects they had hoped I would finish. And it's, it is kind of hard sometimes. We get very emotionally connected to our fabric and our projects. Um, I'm somewhere in the middle. I definitely am a starter and not a finisher. So I have a lot of projects that... I get bored with them, mm-hmm. and then I, I set them aside. But I also I am okay with getting rid of fabric and things. Um, the discussion question about what would you do about it, I had a few projects where I've actually given them to other quilters. Hopefully I'm not doing what some quilters have done to me, where then they have <laughs> projects they can't get rid of or feel guilty about getting rid of. But I try to pick people where they might actually finish it. So, like, I had some baby quilts for project Linus that I knew I was never going to be able to plow through. So I found people who actually worked for them and gave them those quilts. Yeah. And I think a lot of, um, like quilt guilds or charity mm-hmm. organizations do accept, like some of them accept unfinished tops and they add borders or fabric to it to make it larger for their, um, specific charities. Absolutely. So if anyone out there has some orphan projects or blocks or things they don't think they're going to finish, we ran in Quilts and More a couple of issues ago now, a list of places that usually will take fabric or unfinished quilts. And we actually reached out to some of our Facebook members and people in our community. And some of the common responses were Project Linus, as we already mentioned, but also animal shelters. A lot of animal shelters will take even small scraps and use them as stuffing for animal beds, uh, local church groups, Girl Scout troops, 4-H clubs, um, certain senior citizen groups. So a lot of people that I, well, some people may know this, but I moved from California recently and I had so much quilting stuff that I could not take with me. I donated lots of it to an adult education center for people who wanted to learn how to quilt. So things that you might be bored with, other people might think is the best thing ever. So that was, that was a really fun way to pare down some of the stuff that I wasn't as interested in with you know, yeah, maybe when I started. Yeah, and just in the office, um, we just donated recently some extra fabrics and supplies we had to something called a maker space. So mm-hmm. these spaces are becoming more and pop- more popular, but just a place for kids to have classes and uh, interact with kind of specialties that they may not get at school. So like quilting or woodworking or, you know, arts and crafts. So um, we just donated there. So you might look for one of those in your community. Awesome. And then another form of quilt guilt um, comes from where you've made a few blocks, but you don't necessarily think you're going to finish the entire quilt. So one thing that we suggest for orphan blocks are turning them into a smaller project so you can make a wall hanging out of them. Often you can fold them in half and make like a zipper pouch or a bag. They make great small gifts. Um, You can always, I'm like right now it's January, but you can always start now for Christmas next year. (laughs) Uh, It's better to start early because I find stuff always will 
yeah, you know. But like yeah, up, things so. like pot holders or bags. I mean, you can sew those blocks into a lot of different projects. And they're also a great way to practice your quilting because it's a small commitment. You can try a new pattern you might not have uh, wanted to commit to in a big project. You can try new techniques. It's it's a really good way to still feel like you're getting something out of that project you devoted your time to without having to commit to something so much bigger. Yeah, that's a great idea. Another thing you can do is take a really good, honest look at your stash. Because a lot of times I will find there are blocks and things that are hidden in there with your different fabrics. One thing Quilts and More has been doing for the month of January, it's almost over, but there's still some time, is the, we're calling it the Quilts and More Stash Bash. It's been so much fun. It's a monthly Instagram prompt list, and there are different things like show us your UFO project, show us different fabrics you bought and now you don't know what to do with. Show us fabrics that you've been using a lot of or different colors you use a lot of. And that can really spark some creativity where maybe you had lost it in a project. So I've been watching other people's fabrics and I've come back to old projects of mine where it was like, oh, you know, I hadn't thought about it, but if I add this color, maybe it'll interest me again. So it's a really good way to rejuvenate, you know, your creative Mindset. To just look at your fabrics in a completely different way with these prompts. Like we, one of them was pair together two different, like a different color combo that you would have never thought of. And that was, I think, got mm. people thinking about like, okay, like how do I get out of my normal kind of wheelhouse? And like, how can I use my fabrics in ways that I've never thought before? Absolutely. And then on top of that, we're also doing, oh, I should have added that, um, if you want to go back and look at some of the different responses um, from the Stash Bash, the hashtag is QAM Stash Bash, which stands for Quilts and More Stash Bash. On Instagram. On Instagram, yes. And you can see all of the posts. There are hundreds of them, and it's just been it's really fascinating. But moving on from that, um, we also are doing a UFO challenge, which is a great way to look at some of those projects you haven't finished in Orphan Blocks and I know I've used our UFO challenge to decide which quilts I don't want to continue with and which ones to donate. So, Lindsay, maybe you can explain a little more about the UFO challenge. Yep. Um, it is just a group that we've been doing for five years now um, where we challenge our readers to finish their unfinished projects um, by choosing 12 to work on during the entire year, although we're really lax on the rules. So if you don't have 12 or you have more than 12, you can do whatever you want with your list. And we just challenge them to work on one of those every month. Um, and then share their progress with photos along the way. But And we have an online support group. It's a really great. But um, a lot of people um, either finish things and donate or they do just decide, like, to make it a smaller project to just get it done or to donate it. Um, so it's been it's been fun watching everybody. <laughs> Absolutely. I think last year one of the only UFOs I actually, you know, quote, unquote, finished was one that I gave away. I was like, I, y- you finish it. So Because I had most of the top done. So. But yeah. it was a good feeling. I mean, I, f- I feel like that guilty feeling is something we often put on ourselves. And you don't have to. Quilting's fun. Like, really, when you get down to it, you en- should enjoy the creative process. And if it's you're not enjoying it anymore, then maybe move on to something new. Yeah, so. like, life is too short. And if a project isn't bringing you joy, you should you should work on something that does. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah, it's, it's a great way to get things done, too. I know... I have even started doing a separate list of UFOs that are not quilt related, but maybe I, you know, feel a little guilty about abandoning. So I have my like house chores list and then my quilting list. So it's, 
it's a really good supportive community, and it's so fun to watch everyone finish their projects or decide to ditch them. Yep, and we'll put a link to all of this in the show notes so that if you're interested, you can participate with us. Absolutely. So moving on then, we have a rather interesting challenge to part with this time because we always end with a try this at home challenge. And this time it is get rid of one UFO by any means necessary. Mm, That's interesting. (laughs) And usually we close with, we have our own hashtag for APQ Try This at Home. But this time I'm actually going to have you use a different hashtag, which is hashtag APQ Resolution, which is the hashtag for the UFO challenge, because I feel like this has a good crossover with that UFO challenge. So try and get rid of one UFO get involved with with the community and let those guilty feelings disappear as you get back into the joy of quilting. Love this. What a great challenge to start the year, Joanna. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can't wait to see what all of our listeners uh, finish in the upcoming months. It should be a great productive year. Awesome. Thanks, Joanna. You're very welcome. We'll be back after the commercial break. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Cut leftover binding into one and a half inch long pieces and use them as leaders and enders. Hi, I'm Jody Sanders, group editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash Million pillowcases. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quiltalong to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Hi, and welcome back to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I am being joined by Allison Gam, who is the designer of Quilts and More, and we are going to do a little interview with her so we can all get to know her better. Hi, Allison. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting you in the hot seat. <laughs> okay, so why don't you start by telling us your background and how you started working with our quilting group? Yeah, so I uh, went to school at Iowa State University and graduated five years ago. Um, In my last semester of college, I uh, was able to have an internship with a quilting group and kind of get my feet wet and get introduced to quilting. Um, But I did go to school for graphic design. So, you know, with the magazines, I just kind of helped out with whatever needed help with from, you know, helping out on photography dates and working on layouts and 
just miscellaneous things around the office. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was able to um, stay on part-time and then eventually get a full-time position um, where now I'm the designer of Colton Moore. Awesome. We're really lucky to have you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit more about your role as the designer of Quilts and More. This is like a very large encompassing position. Um, So one of the first things I do when quilts come into the office is we photograph them flat so that you can see the entire quilt and get an idea of what the pattern looks like before diving into the instructions. Um, So on those days, I'm kind of art directing photography to make sure, you know, quilts are straight and clean and all that fun stuff. Yeah, Allison does a lot of work with, like, trimming threads and making sure there's no fuzzes and making sure everything's laying flat and looking good. Yes, we go through a lot of lint rollers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So once they're photographed flat, we um, kind of do some planning and figure out how we want to photograph the quilts to be styled. Um, And then once all that stuff is done, instructions, illustrations, then I work on pulling everything into a layout. It's kind of a big puzzle to try to get everything to fit together, but it's a fun challenge that I enjoy. Yes, and it looks great. (laughs) I always enjoy seeing how you guys photograph the quilts. It looks so beautiful. Yeah, it's a good way to kind of get some creativity in there and really showcase the pattern. Yes. So what is the best part of your job? I love so many things about it. I feel (laughs) so lucky to be working with these amazing people in the quilting group. My favorite thing is just being able to see all the gorgeous quilts that come into the office. I mean, we're seeing the best quilts and you know we get to see them in person and the beautiful workmanship it's just really amazing yeah it's really inspiring yeah and it's nice to be able to then work with them and kind of you know give them to our readers in a way that they can enjoy as well Mm -hmm. so how did you get into quilting well I always like to say I I kind of helped with my first quilt my mom and I um, picked out fabrics that I liked and a pattern and Mostly she did all the work, (laughs) Um, but I kind of helped her with the layout and did the ironing while she sewed, so I like to say that I kind of worked on that quilt, Um, but really I didn't start getting into quilting until I started working here um, and just learned so much from my coworkers, and I still continue to learn from my mom as well, Um, but I just... It's hard not to want a quilt when you're working with it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And your mom actually, and and you you're you're from a long line of quilters, right? <laughs> um, kind of. Yeah. Um, I have some. We have some beautiful handmade quilts from uh, my great great grandmother. Um, and way back in our history, we come from like tailors and you know clothing mm-hmm. makers, and so a long line of sewing. But I didn't really follow that path until I started working here. It's in your blood. It was going to come out eventually. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you enjoy most about the quilt making process? Overall, I just love being able to, you know, take something kind of from, from scratch or take all these random pieces and put them together and make something new. I think there's something really rewarding about making things with your hands. Um, and it's just kind of a nice break to, you know, get away from technology and just yeah, kind of Yeah, absolutely. Just get back to roots of, you know, making with your hands. Um, specifically in the quilt making process, I love the beginning and picking out fabrics and seeing what patterns and colors go together to fit a particular pattern. 
I know some people find that challenging, but to me, again, it's like a design challenge that I once you nail it, it's fun. Yeah, I feel like you designers in the office always have the best sense of color, <laughs> and I love seeing how um, you put put together your color palettes, and every time you make a new quilt, I'm like, oh my gosh, I never would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> so how would you describe your quilting aesthetic? It's kind of hard because I feel like, in the, you know, since I haven't been quilting that long, it's just been about four or five years. Um, I've been trying to dabble in a lot of different areas to kind of feel out what I like and, you know, what is not, what I'm not so interested in. Um, but I just love to kind of, I've kind of got, gotten more into taking traditional patterns or patterns that skew a little more traditional and adding modern fabrics or colors to them. Cause I like kind of that mix of style, um, just cause I do tend to follow more modern trends, but I think the traditional patterns have such great character to them. Yes, and actually um, for our 25th anniversary issue, which was the April 2018 issue, um, Allison actually recreated one of the older quilts in the issue in a modern um, aesthetic, and it was featured on the cover. So if you have that issue, you can see um, something that Allison took and remade modern. Yes, and that quilt I'd actually seen you know, like early on when I started working here, and I thought, oh, that's beautiful but I don't quilt and I'll probably never make that quilt. So again, it was a kind of a rewarding experience when I, you know, I'd been here long enough. I'd been quilting long enough that I, you know, attained enough skills to be able to make that quilt. So I do love that. Yes. Okay. So what is your favorite quilt that you've made and why? My favorite quilt would have to be um, one that I made several years ago. It's um, from the 100 block city sampler quilt by Tula Pink. And I chose that quilt because I was still new to quilting and wanted to kind of experiment. I thought, okay, 100 different blocks, I'll learn a lot of great techniques, and it, I thought it would be a great learning experience, which it absolutely was. And I, yes, it's my favorite quilt because I learned so much, and it took me about a year to make through the planning and finishing and everything. So that was the first time I spent a significant amount of time on a project. And so again, the reward was so nice because it turned out exactly the way I wanted, um, <laughs> which is always nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, I did a lot of planning with um, color arrangement, and I, you know, took a lot of time picking out my fabrics. And so it was definitely a labor of love that the end result was amazing. And I, every time I look at it now, I, like, I definitely use the quilt, but probably like half the time it's just hanging um, so I can see it. <laughs> but every time I walk by, I just... I love it, and I just think about the experience I had putting it together. Yeah, that's when you're doing a sampler that that's, you know, that large even and that many different blocks. Like, it's so much love and learning goes into it. Absolutely. So that's really special you have that. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked about how great you are choosing <laughs> fabrics. <laughs> um, like, do you have a palette you're drawn to a lot, or how do you go about exploring, like, new colors and fabric? Yeah, so... If you were to ask my favorite color, I would absolutely say gray. <laughs> I think it's a, she's wearing gray right I now. Am. I can't. I can't help it. Um, I just love pairing it. I think it's a great neutral to pair with. I would say any color, um, but I, I do tend to be drawn toward more cool colors. A lot of blues and greens. It's funny because I never thought I had a favorite color until I look at like my fabric stash. And I hardly have any warm tones in my oh, fabric funny. stash. Yeah, so it's like, I guess I really do like cool colors. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, so um, what techniques are you interested in learning? I still have so many things to learn that it's kind of overwhelming. But um, one thing I really want to focus on learning is how to machine quilt better. I um, got a new sewing machine in the last year and have started, you know, trying to take my time on some smaller projects and really plan out my quilting. Um, so, so far I've done a lot of straight lines just with my walking foot. And I do have, my machine has the capability to do some free motion, but I've hardly dabbled in it because it, it's one of those things that terrifies me, but it's my goal to, you know, work up and work a little at a time and see what I can do. Well, I'm excited to see. And yeah, I think starting with your walking foot and smaller projects is a great way to kind of dip your feet in mm -hmm. and experiment in that. And um, we have a long arm in the office, so maybe you'll be yeah, we'll <laughs> quilting <see. laughs> on that soon. So how can people connect with you more if they want to see some of your beautiful quilts and your pictures? Um, you can follow me on Instagram. It's um, at Allison Gam. It's A-L-I-S-O-N-G-A-M-M. Perfect. And we will post a link to that in the show notes so you can click and follow her. Her stuff is beautiful. Thanks so much, Allison. Thank you. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Secure the tool used to change your sewing machine foot to the side of your sewing machine with a hook and loop dot. It's always at hand when you need to make a foot change. We know our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests, listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. Hi, and welcome back from the commercial. I am still here with Allison, and she's going to be sharing some great trends she's seeing at the start of 2019. Yeah, so a big trend I'm seeing right now is kind of practicing mindful sewing, um, you know, it's the start of the new year. People are kind of reevaluating what they're making and also making plans for what they're going to be doing in the upcoming year. Um, so a lot of, you know, great things happening and a good time to reflect on why you quilt in the first place. Absolutely. So the first kind of trend, I guess you'd call it a trend, um, is making for you instead of the likes. You know, it's easy to get caught up in how many likes each image gets and how many comments you get. Like on social on media. On social media. Um, and we're all guilty of it. I'm guilty of it. Getting excited when a post of a project gets a ton of likes. Um, so at the end of last year, you know, you, at, at the end of every year, you can look at your best nine photos and see what was the most popular. This year, I also saw a lot of people posting about their favorite nine yeah. photos. 
which I think just shows that, you know, you really should be making for yourself and not anyone else. And you should just be excited about what you're making, no matter how many likes it gets or how many comments it gets. Yeah, it was really funny to see a lot of designers actually post, like, what, how many likes, um, you know, their top nine due to just likes and then their favorite projects from the year, like the ones they would have personally chosen as their favorites. So a lot of times they did not correlate at all. Yeah, so I just think it's really important to remember Make it because you like it, and it doesn't matter what other people think of it. Love it. <laughs> um, so the next trend, getting organized. I don't know how many of you have caught on to the Marie Kondo bandwagon. Oh, we're all about it. <laughs> yes. So um, getting organized, you know, it's a great time, you know, when you're planning your projects to figure out, okay, what's in your stash? What can you get rid of? What did you forget you had that was stored away? Um, so it's a great time to just reevaluate and see what you need and what you don't need. And we actually have a great few programs going on. Um, so we have our Quiltamore Stash Bash, which has been going on all of January. And we have great prompts that have been going on every day to kind of help you look through your stuff and see what you have. And, you know, you can do this any time of the year. I think it's a great way to look through what you own and see what you could use. Yeah, and if you go to Instagram and look at the hashtag QAMStashBash, You can look through everyone's photos. A lot of them were, like, some of them were storage prompts. So some people were sharing really creative ideas. So it's fun to just look through and see what you can steal. Yes. (laughs) And you're not the only fabric hoarder out there, I promise you. No, no, you're not at all. (laughs) Um, Another great program we have is the APQ Bucket List, um, which is a checklist of kind of just, like, quilting goals that you can check off your list throughout the year. Yeah, it's a great time of year to just start thinking about that and you can go to allpeoplequilt.com slash bucket list to download that and we'll hopefully inspire you with those too. Yes and then another one of the great things we have every year is our UFO challenge and this is just a way for people to again look in their closets and see okay what project did I start and that I forgot about and that you keep working on Um, and we have some online uh, materials you can download for that too. Yep, so that is at allpeoplequilt.com slash resolution. Um, And just a side note, uh, usually what people do January in our UFO challenge is they get organized. So a lot of times people will just ignore whatever project we say they should work on and they just decide to organize their sewing room and get all of their projects kind of gather together and clean up so they're ready to sew the rest of the year. Yes. And it's fun. You know, you can look and see what other people are making and it's just a great motivator to get those things out of your closet and keep working on them. Absolutely. Um, So our last trend is quilt alongs. Um, You know, quilt alongs happen all throughout the year, but I've seen a lot kind of starting up in the beginning of the year. Great way to join and get motivated and maybe some of the cold, colder months and get yourself sewing. Um, So another, we have more quilt alongs coming we have quilt alongs every year um so we have the apq quilt along starting february 18th and you can get that pattern in the april issue yep and then we also have a quilts and more quilt along that starts on may 6th and that is in our summer issue so you can check those out and you can quilt along with us and um, use the hashtag apq quilt along and just join in the pro process and you know we have a weekly schedule for you and it'll make be really easy to 
quilt along. Yeah, we have, um, they're two really great quilts. I'm excited mm-hmm. to share them with you guys. And um, yeah, we have a schedule. We have lots of like little tips and tricks to share to keep everybody um, going and successful in this. So we hope you guys join along. Yes, and we have a Facebook group for that if you want to, you know, see what other people are making and just, again, a good motivator to keep on top of it and, you know, join along with the fun. Yes. So overall, not like technique trends we're seeing, but more thinking about sewing and why you quilt in the first place and make sure it's something you enjoy. You know, the quilting community is a great community and so supportive, and it's just great to be able to share that passion with each other. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Allison. Thanks. Okay, now I am here with the designer for American Patchwork and Quilting, Elizabeth Stumbo. Hi, everyone. I'm glad to be here today. I have a couple of um, new products that I want to share with you from our latest issues. I love it. Yeah. So we all know that having the right tool on hand can often make your quilting projects easier and more enjoyable. So I want to share with you some small tools that can actually be a big help when you're quilting. Plus, all of these products are super affordable and are under $10. Oh, I love it. We all love a good deal. (laughs) (laughs) So I often think of machine needles as sort of the unsung heroes in your sewing space. I'm always reminded of how hard they work when I actually take the time to replace my needle. And when you start sewing with a brand new sharp needle, it just makes such a big difference. So it can also make a big difference by choosing the right type of needle for your project. That's also super important and can go a long way towards the success of your projects. Yeah, absolutely. I know I I don't change my needle often enough, and I just like to sew with my regular standard needle for everything. (laughs) It's good to, like, take a minute before you start and make sure you have the correct needle in there. Yep. So um, what I love is this product from Schmetz. They've come out with a super nonstick needle, and what this needle is is it's coated with a nonstick coating that can help your needles easily glide through projects that use things like fusible web, stabilizer, and even sticky embellishments like hoop and loop hook and loop tape. Um, The needles have uh, also have an extra large eye that works great with machine embroidery and they are designed to prevent skip stitches. This is awesome because I do a lot of applique and um, every once in a while, you know, like you get, get the residue or the sticky stuff on your needle and then it just always, you know, pulls your thread out. So I'm really excited to try these. Yeah, you have to check them out. So those are from Schmetz. And then just as important as selecting the correct needle for your sewing machine is choosing the right needle for any hand sewing. So um, we've featured some new needles from Primitive Gatherings, and these are needles that are specific to your stitching needs. So, for example, they have needles that are perfect for basting, for binding, if you want to do some big stitch quilting, um, or if you're just wanting to sew with various types of chenille threads or add embellishments to your products. So each of these needle types can perfectly accommodate the right thread for each task, So there's no more guesswork or frustrations when you start your next project. Plus, they come in really cute, like, little tube packaging, and they're color-coordinated, so you can collect them all and always know which one to put it back in. Exactly. They have really easy-to-read labels on them, so you'll never um, put them in the wrong container, and you'll always be able to find them. So those are super great. And then um, second... Third of all, if you have a, if you are a fan of Roxanne's glue, which you might be familiar with if you do a lot of applique, um, you should be sure to check out her latest version of the glue, which is called the Glue Based It Dip and Dot. So it's the same tried and tested glue that people already love, but now it comes in a handy bottle um, with has like a little doe foot applicator or wand. It kind of reminds me of what like 
lip gloss comes yeah, in. Yeah, it does. Um, and so this applicator allows you to easily dab a small dot or even a thin line of glue precisely on your applique shapes and embellishments. And the little bottle is also perfect for travel. Yeah, such a good point. You can just yeah. slip it in your purse and take it on the go. Yep. So while we're speaking of travel, there's another great product that I want to share with you. Um, and this is from Eversone, and it's a magnetic pincushion. It comes in a really cute aqua color. It has a groove that runs down the middle that makes it really easy to pick up pins. But what truly makes this pincushion unique is it has a removable drawer that you can take out of the base of the pincushion, and you can store your pins in it for on-the-go sewing. So you'll never have to worry about loose pins ever again. I know, and it comes with pins in in the case already so like you can literally just take this out of the package and put it right in your on the go bag and be totally ready i've never seen anything like it such a good idea that's very cool so if you're looking for even more tool suggestions like these i encourage you to pick up a copy of the april issue of american patchwork and quilting which is on sale now and Lindsay, as you know i think you also love organizing i am a big organizer fan i've definitely been binge watching way too much um, marie kondo um organizing on netflix it's the right time of year to think about it exactly <laughs> and we all know that we need um, a tidy sewing space to help us um, have even more time for quilting so we have some products that are featured in the spring issue of quilt some more that i thought i'd share with our reader our listeners today too so um the first one is kind of outside of the box. It's actually for hairdressers and it's called a shear holder. And this will help you wrangle all of those tools on your sewing table. So um, like I said, it's originally was created to use by hairdressers. They can store their scissors um, and other, you know, instruments handy, but it works great for quilters too. So it's a divided compartment and one of the compartments has kind of like rubber bristles in it and these rubber bristles just help to keep your tools upright and protected and safe so I think that's such a fun idea to think outside of the quilting world for some of these storage solutions yeah and this we just found on Amazon so uh you can find storage solutions anywhere yeah even when you're next getting your hair cut (laughs) (laughs) and then the second storage solution is from um the designer Dana Willard of MadeEveryDay.com, and it is a special way to organize like your drawers. So if you have some unused drawer space, these um, might be really great for you. And it's called the Hold It All Hold It Bin pattern, and it's a downloadable downloadable pattern that has 14 different sizes of storage bins. So you can kind of create the perfect arrangement to fit your space, and you can make these bins using your favorite fabric. So you can really personalize and customize them. So cute to use just anywhere in your home and just really personalize your space that way. I love how many options she gives you too in the pattern. So these compartments are great to keep all of your notions together and prevent them from just rolling around in your drawer. So they don't have to be loose anymore. And the less time you have to spend searching for your tools, the more time you have for quilting, which is exactly what every quilter wants. So... Perfect. So we're going to put all the links to these products if you want to check them out more um, in our uh, show notes. Uh, Thanks so much, Elizabeth. You're welcome. Okay, we are ending the show, and Pat will be back next week with you guys. Have a great week. Hi, all, and thanks for listening. If you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.
all, and thanks for listening. Keep in touch. American Patchwork and Quilting is on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram at All People Quilt. Email us at apqpodcast at meredith.com. Resources for this week can be found at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. And if you love the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast app for free. And don't forget to rate and review the show. It helps other quilters find us. Have a creative week.